There are a good many ways that institutional investors are taking best advantage of this versatile market created by broad public participation. Hello and welcome to the Decrypting Crypto Podcast. I'm Matthew Housebarbie and today I'm speaking with Gwendolyn Regina. She is the investment director over at Binance, specifically focused on BNB chain, the, the layer one blockchain that's been growing in, in size and demand pretty dramatically uh, since its launch in about two years ago, I believe. You'll, you'll formally know it as Binance Smart Chain, um, which was then rebranded at the end of last year to BNB Chain. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have Gwendolyn on the, the show in particular was the fact that, you know, she, she runs and leads a $1 billion plus investment fund through BNB Chain. She is someone that is responsible for, along with the team, making decisions on where they make investments into the ecosystem across SocialFi, GameFi, DeFi, and everything that's surrounding in terms of infrastructure. And I thought with the current market conditions for anyone out there looking at building in the space or just you're curious as to how funds are thinking about investing in protocols, in teams, in Web3 as a whole, this is just going to be an amazing kind of insight into how all the mechanics, the risk tolerance, the things that these big funds are looking for play out. And we had a great interview with, with Gwendolyn. She shared a ton of information about what they're looking for, the kinds of things where they're really keen on big areas of growth and how they're going to hit the lofty goals of helping to onboard a billion people into the whole of Web3. And I think with the scale that Binance is at today, if, if anyone's going to be able to help drive that kind of level of adoption, I think they're going to be one of the ones leading the pack. We're obviously a little bit away from that right now, but um, I, I, I thought some of the things we discussed really helped to see where the future could be going. And Gwendolyn was very optimistic about the future of teams building and some of the projects in particular that that she's been focused on. So we'll dive straight into the interview with Gwendolyn right after this. If you're struggling to get your head around the complexity of decentralized finance, I have something just for you. Decrypting DeFi is an online course where I walk you through all of the important concepts within DeFi and share step-by-step tutorials on how to start generating income from your crypto assets. Whether you're interested in this from an investment point of view or just want to better understand how things like yield farming, liquidity mining, and staking works, the course will have something for you. Head over to mhb.xyz forward slash DeFi to learn more. Welcome, Gwen. It's great to have you here on the podcast. Why don't we start our conversation off with just a little bit about your your role at Binance, what you're responsible for, and maybe kind of a story so far of the, the growth of uh, the, the BNB chain. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. So my role at uh, BNB Chain, uh, my official title is investment director. But as you know, in like you know, um, now that all the Web three is so new, all of us wear several hats at the same time, right? So really, it's about the growth of the BNB Chain ecosystem, but also crypto in general. I mean, the way we look at it is that the industry is still small. We all have a part to play. 
So as investment director, really, you know, that means day to day, I talk to many new projects, builders and entrepreneurs, understanding what they're doing, what problem statement, um, you know, what problem they're solving for and what solution space they're dealing in. Because really here, we're aiming to, you know, onboard them into the BNB chain ecosystem, but also figure out how can we help them accelerate their growth, be it to uh, through um, introducing introducing them to other projects, you know, um, distributing some capital in terms of grants or investments, slash incubating them in a more uh, dedicated way through, for example, our BNB chain incubation program, Most Valuable Builder, where we take them through an eight-week uh, program where we bring in community leaders, builders, to kind of talk to them, um, you know, kind of like, you know, small fireside chats, mentorship sessions. And yeah, ultimately the goal is to grow crypto to 1 billion users. And yeah, so then to your other question as to kind of the growth of BNB chain, we've been um, very lucky to have been a part of the growth of the crypto ecosystem um, over the last, you know, few years where... Oh, EBNB chain was actually kicked off about two years ago, so September 2020. And today we are the largest blockchain with about 1 million daily active wallet addresses on a daily basis, which are very, very happy that the community mm. is so engaged. And more than 1,400 dApps and counting. So yeah, so really kudos to everyone who's been building in this in the space. Yeah, I mean, it feels like especially through the somewhat still recent DeFi summer that, that we had, and then in the run-up through the the large kind of bull run at the end of uh, last year, it, it felt like BNB chain in particular was constantly in in the headlines and was was someone that was constantly growing and seeing a lot of value. How, how much of that growth do you attribute to um, kind of the existing brand recognition and giant user base that Binance as a whole managed to to pull in? And how much do those kind of two teams tend to work together? Do they feel like very different uh, inside the organization, those that focus on the centralized exchange work and those that are focused on the, the actual blockchain? Yeah, that's a great question. So Binance kicked off BNB chain again two years ago. And today BNB chain... Um, it's, you know, it's not owned by anyone as with any decentralized blockchain, public blockchain, right? So there is a large community. Um, Binance is a large contributor, right? I'm um, part of the core team. So how the teams work together is that we draw a lot and we, um, from the Binance ecosystem, we do introduce the Binance ecosystem to BNB chain projects as well, right? I mean, that's one of the beauty of, of being here, right? Where I see my role, myself and the core team as bridging, you know, the centralized side and the decentralized world, but also, of course, the larger picture of Web 2 to Web 3. Um, but to return to your question, you know, so we, you know, Binance for sure has such a huge brand name and BNB chain, you know, when uh, when it first started, for sure, it drew upon a lot of that that branding and initial boost that Binance gave. I think today, I mean, I would like to say that we have established a brand on our own, 
right? I mean, you're the external person here, Matt, so maybe you should tell me, right? (laughs) Yeah, so I I think we've established a brand on its own. Again, you know, the largest community and we've done a lot of good work, you know. And I think like with everyone else, we uh, we still have a lot of room to grow. I think we would like to try to be humble still, right? Like technology-wise, we are still doing a lot to make sure we support the multi-chain world. Even though, you know, we're very proud of our tech, you know, we haven't gone down on mainnet in two years. Can you believe that? And And yeah, and supporting such great growth, right? All-time high was like 2.27 million, you know, daily uh, users one time and 16 million transactions on one day. So we're wow. proud of that. But we've yeah, we've been, you know, we still want to grow a lot. And so I think on that note, you know, the BNB chain ecosystem exists in its in its realm, I guess, right? And it's continued to kind of reap rewards, you know. Um, so yeah, we're, we're proud of that. Yeah, I mean, I it, it's it's definitely been interesting to watch the uh, as someone as you mentioned, like a, someone who's outside of the organization looking in. What one just like kind of random question that I'd I'd wondered a little bit about. Um, that I think you did this at the end of last year, maybe the start of this year. What what was the thought process behind the rebrand from Binance Smart Chain into BNB Chain? Was was there any particular reason? Just because it seemed to happen quite quickly. Um, from when um, initially BSC chain launched and then shifting into BNB chain. Yeah, everything happens quickly in crypto, Matt, right? <laughs> and, and yeah, and especially also from a startup perspective, right? I think we cannot uh, forget that Binance, the company, is five years old, right? And and BNB chain, as, as in a sense, startup-ish, I guess, depends on how you call it, right? It's also, again, two years old. So everything moves super, super quickly. Uh, yeah, so to your question, how did the thinking kind of evolve is that um, when BNB Chain was first started, as you rightly pointed out, it was called Binance Smart Chain because that's the origin of it, right? But as we developed through the, uh, the first year, and again, we went to all-time high, so uh, BNB, uh, BSC back then slowed, but never went down. But then the question we ask ourselves is this. If crypto and, and Web3 and blockchain, which we strongly believe in all Web3 natives here, right? We, we know that our tech, while it's amazing now, there's robustness, there's resilience, right? But it will not be enough for the future, right? We're asking ourselves the hard questions. What tech is needed for real crypto mass adoption? So when we think about that and we look at how the space has been developing with so many other chains, so many other use cases really popping up and really realizing that what we had, you know, um, like close to a year ago or something was not enough. So the rebranding came about. It's not just a mere rebranding, right? It's really also was a signal um, in or rather internal. Uh, there was there was technology, the actual real tech. Uh, development roadmap that was announced, as you rightly pointed out, uh, last year and also um, early this year. And now some of that tech progress have been executed, implemented already. For example, with side chains, and we are rolling out also zk side chains soon, as an example, mm. right? Yeah. So all these have to support, you know, different use cases, um, you know, and use cases that we know exist now, like for example, GameFi, but also new new use cases that maybe we haven't even thought about, right? Because again, we're just so nascent. Um, 
one thing I want to point it out, I want to point out also is that you know forty percent of BNB chains users uh, are gaming, are using GameFi. So, mm. and as we all know, GameFi specifically requires high TPS, right? And so, yeah. even though we didn't go down again, like for future games where the games we assume will get even more sophisticated and we assume will require even higher TPS. So we needed the ability to allow these games to have their own super robust uh, chain. So that's why, you know, part of the reason why for side chains as well. So really BNB chain today is a multi-chain system on its own. So it, it um, yeah, for us, it's a very important step in our journey, actually. So it's not just a pure like name change. Yeah, well, it's interesting here, and I, I definitely the investments that um, you've made on BNB Chain in the GameFi space have been something that I paid a lot of attention to, and have seen that it's clearly like a big area of focus for for you all. And I'm sure that's only going to kind of grow over time. I want to talk a little bit about the BNB Chain ecosystem shortly, and we'll we'll come into this because I think it's really interesting to understand a bit better on like why builders and users should be excited, but what, what I want to touch on a little bit first, which I guess as someone who's leading a billion dollar plus investment fund right now inside BNB chain, like how let's let's talk about the elephant in the room, right? Which is the the macro situation. How how is your approach to making kind of investments in kind of like your your ecosystem fund, if if you like, how how has that shifted in the past three to six months? in light of the recent market conditions? Yeah, great question, Matt. So for us, when you think about from a pure investment perspective, or when you say investments, it's like investing for the future, right? When you invest, you're really investing in a few things. You're investing in innovative ideas. You're investing in hopefully scalable ideas and products. You're investing in new use cases. But fourth and most important, you're investing in the team. All these do not change regardless of market conditions. All these have to stay constant. So we still keep those, you know, those criteria, so to speak, when we look at projects. However, in the bear market, definitely a lot of things um, have changed. Valuations have gone down, you know, some projects realize that they're, you know, they're, they're, their treasuries have run low, you know, because they've been involved in, um, unfortunately, in some of the the larger, you know, crypto mishaps slash, you know, the recent events in the in the space, yeah. right? Yeah, we we'll, won't. We'll, yeah. So, so what we're seeing right now is that some projects have been, in a sense, overly bullish during the bull run, and we're not planning well enough for winter essentially. So they're looking at runways being cut really, really short. So right now when we're looking at projects, um, I mean, again, always, we always, when we talk to projects, it's always important to understand their thinking about runway and financials anyway, right? But especially in this bear market, because really we don't know how long this will last, right? This this upcoming mm-hmm. recession slash recession, however you want to call it. Um, and so I think it's more important for us to make sure that the, the projects, the builders, entrepreneurs out there that we're talking to have a really firm grasp and realistic, you know, in terms of the preparation for this perhaps prolonged winter. So if they're too, you know, what I like to say is that entrepreneurs and builders, you have to be optimistic. If you're not optimistic, then why should I be believing in your vision of the world, right? 
But at the right. same time, you, as an entrepreneur, it's almost like you're walking paradox because you have to be optimistic yet don't say pessimistic but realistic at the same time. And you have to almost plan you want to plan for your vision to be like 10x, 100x of the current paradigm. But at the same time, you need to be prepared for the 10x or 100x of the negative side of things, right? Prepare again for the worst. Mitigate the risks. So again, all of these haven't changed, right? So, but right now when we talk to projects, um, it's it, we do have a bit long, longer conversations about some of these. We do, um, as always, ask questions about team building and stuff like that. But now it's also like, okay, so there's many more layoffs in the market, for example. You know, are you finding it more difficult, harder to hire? You know, what kind of skills are you looking for? Are you thinking about changing some of the things, the roadmap? You know, how are you basically pivoting and and trying to adjust your go-to-market strategy with the climate, right? So all of these questions really allow us to get even stronger insights, deeper insights into how the teams think. And that is most important. Again, it's always about investing in the team, the quality of thinking, quality of strategy, and quality of execution. Do, do you think in some ways that kind of bear market that we're in right now and all of the wider macro kind of issues and many big projects that probably uh, six to, uh, sorry, nine to 12 months ago would have not even been thinking about them worrying about runway over the, the, the coming 12 months. Do you think that that's helped a little bit when you're trying to go in and figure out kind of the, the projects, the new ones that are coming up that are much more likely to be here to to stay when we're kind of out of the kind of hysteria and frenzy of, of all the bull market where it kind of felt like it was very hard to see behind whether something was actually a truly great project or it was just riding this just wave of retail investment. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that, I'll answer this topic a bit um, across a few angles, right? Yeah, Matt, so, you know, some projects during the bull market were, I would say again, overly optimistic, right? It's like they assume it'd be bull forever, correct? Mm-hmm. Super high valuations and just, in a sense, not say spending like crazy, but just, just again, just not, not realistic in terms of trying to think about management and scaling uh, properly. So in a sense, the optimism is good because then, you know, maybe they, they, they were to be raised more than expected, which allows them then a bigger, uh, uh, um, bigger, stash to you know for, uh, to help ex- extend the runway especially during the bear market right and but when we come to now you know you kind of alluded to that right matt so in terms of signal to noise ratio you know we're having so much uh, so much less noise now which is amazing right so the builders that we see remain in the market right now um i mean it's a mixed bag right but ultimately it's so much like i it's just so much, I don't know, easier now, I guess, to talk to projects yeah. because literally there's less noise to filter through, which is great, right? Yeah, because, um, yeah, I mean, even though, you know, you know, I think I can I can look at a deck and judge really quickly whether I think this is, you know, a scam or not or whether it's just overly, you know, indexing on token price and stuff like that, right? I can judge it mm-hmm. fairly quickly. But when you have many to look through, it still takes time, right? And, and so it's... It's better now, I, I feel like, you know, talking to builders and entrepreneurs and you just have more time to talk to them. And so again, to that topic of of kind of the the kind of builders and entrepreneurs, um, yeah, like, you know, those that remain, you know, we, we think there's a higher quality, basically. So those 
that were wiped out from the bull to bear, in a sense, it's good because as a market, right, individually, it's a terrible news, right? Because it could be either over-optimistic or just, you know, inexperienced founders and scalers and builders. And that's okay. You learn, right? But overall, as a market, we always have to have such... Um, I would I would say lows and and in a sense projects failing people failing because you need to recycle talent right people from quote unquote failed projects should then go on and join other more successful projects or projects that still exist in this bear market are still building because then you consolidate talent you consolidate um teams way more you consolidate efforts and that's always good yeah. So, so, so where do you see when you're speaking to some of these teams and projects that you think could be um, great investment opportunities and things you want to support in the, the wider ecosystem? How do you think about ways of supporting those teams? Is BNB Chain quite hands-on? I know you mentioned you do like an accelerator in some cases, but are you working very closely with the teams or is the approach much more about kind of capital allocation and then you're, you're a lot more hands-off? Um, and, and are you funding things, projects that even aren't on, say, BNB chain just yet? Or, or are you a lot more exclusive to, to your own chain? Yeah, we are much more exclusive to our own chain. So generally from BNB chain, as, as you said, it's an ecosystem um, play, right? So for us, it is imperative for projects to build on BNB chain. Um, we like it. We like it more. You know, it's more of a fit if a project's already at least on mainnet or testnet BNB chain. If you're not yet on, you know, we're still open definitely to working with you in several ways, which I'll go into uh, shortly. But essentially, you know, if you're building and you have a very solid roadmap to. Um, come into BNB chain in the next two months, for as an example, right? Then yeah, you know it's very clear that um, you're committed to the to BNB chain. We would love to figure out how can we accelerate your launch, right? By amplify, amplifying your your launch when it comes about and and introducing you again to other projects. So in general, I would say that we are quite hands on, but. Again, hands-on is a relative term, right? Because there's just so many projects, we cannot realistically, the, the core team cannot realistically be hands-on with every single project, right? So we do have to make sure that, you know, we, um, you know, do a few things, right? Um, one to many um, assistants, one to group assistants, and some one-to-one. So the one to many is, is um, we do a lot of education, talent development, where we work with um education platforms, you know, deaf education platforms, both both Web 2 and Web 3. We sponsor hackathons. We organize our own hackathons. We do masterclasses, right? We do specific uh, topic AMAs, you know, everything from like Music 5 to D5, for example. And so those are one-to-many, so to speak, right? So one-to-group is where we have MVB, Most Valuable Builder, BNB Chain Incubation, where we um, have seasons, right? And we ask the, the community to apply for, for, for the chance to be incubated. And this is where, you know, in small groups, and this small groups means about 30 projects, right? Are selected from like hundreds and hundreds of applications. I think this time it's like something like, 600 or something like that, right? So it's a very small group that's selected amongst a lot of applications. And we then, you know, uh, curate a six, uh, eight, six to eight week curriculum where we bring in community leaders um, to speak to this group of builders um, and to answer questions about what they're building and how to scale and questions like that. 
And we also have some aspect of one-to-one where we, uh, during the BNB chain incubation, one-to-one mentoring. But one-to-one also happens outside MVB, the BNB chain incubation, where we do individually talk to projects. You know, they could be, a lot of them are in MVB, but also outside MVB, where we really um, spend time to talk to them, have regular updates, and we find out what their needs are, their asks are. And sometimes they suggest like, hey, I want to talk to XYZ, can you introduce me? Other times, we are the ones who suggest something, right? Because we as an ecosystem um, ecosystem team, right, we see uh, most likely a much wider range of projects and both new um, and about to be launched on BNB, for example. And so then we make those introductions or we ask them whether they want to be introduced, suggest ideas perhaps, and, and then we make the introductions. Introductions. So yeah, so there's a range of um, like a range of ways in which we work with projects. And so what what's getting you most excited right now? I mean, we've got, uh, we mentioned uh, already that you've, you've been doing a lot in the, the GameFi space. I see obviously with BNB chain, there's quite a lot on the, the DeFi side, maybe some social fi stuff. Like what, what are you personally very interested and excited about for, for where you're going to be scaling and growing on the BNB chain side of things, as in projects coming into the ecosystem that, that you're going to be uh, funding as well? Yeah, yeah, I love that question. So from the kind of use cases perspective, we like a lot of social fi. So because BNB Chain, BNB Chain's goal is to onboard 1 billion users to BNB Chain and the crypto ecosystem, right? We think that this 1 billion users will come about sooner than we think. And how to get 1 billion users is important, it is important to think about. And we think it will be large-scale, real-life use cases that's already been proven by the traditional and Web2 markets, right? So when you talk about social fire, you're talking about, say, social media, basically, right? So the next Facebook, the next Twitter, the next Instagram, and stuff like that. As an example, we also, as part of the, I guess, subcategory of social fire, music fire, right? So Corrite, you know, um, is one uh, music project that's on native on BNB chain where musicians can in a sense, work with their fans to launch their next album. So one project that, uh, one artist that um, Corrite worked with is Alan Walker, world-famous DJ, right? Mm. So that's one example. We have Melos as well, Melos as well, another music five project on BNB chain. And just more social five, we're interested to uh, work with more social five projects. You know, we have some projects looking at social graphs, for example. We have uh, Web3 identity. All these are important building blocks for a very, um, good socialfy ecosystem, right? Because ultimately, to build anything, you need the infrastructure and tooling first before the applications can really come in. So these are some stuff. Another aspect of stuff that I'm personally interested in is also DAOs. So DAOs, from you know, in my opinion, is really amazing because it's how can the the question it asks is that how can we best and most efficiently organize h- how to work. Literally, right? In this new world, right? Across borders, across strangers, across time zones. And, and how do you allow people to have a say, right? In the organization and slash the community. So right now, we're also looking for more DAO tooling and infrastructure because again, you need that base. And at, in BNB chain, we are lacking some of those um, infrastructure tooling right now. So we are looking for more of that. Um, a third aspect of it is, is DeFi. Right, as DeFi definitely is the core of of crypto slash Web three, we are looking for 
a more advanced DeFi projects, right? So for example, we're looking for more real-world assets play, synthetic assets, an example. Yeah. We're looking for even more bridges. We have already like quite a few, we're already working a few bridges, uh, like Seller, Seabridge is an example, but we're looking for more we also work a multi-chain and layer zero, you know. Um, we also want more stable AMMs, you know. We want more security, for example. Security is always top priority for us, right? And, we you know, we work with um, external parties like Certic, Zokio, Shield to look at some of that. We recently actually launched um, Red Alert, that. Um, on that bay where we try to highlight potential scammy projects for the ecosystem. But we, we know oh, that when you go back to DeFi, yeah, so security is very important, right? But And part of it, security, sorry, for example, is like risk management as a whole, right? And one thing we want to look out more for is also insurance, right? So what does DeFi insurance look like, you know? We're still missing some of that and we want to see more of that. And arguably, you know, insurance in DeFi is a very tough problem to solve, right? Because how do you really best price your risk, correct? So yeah. we're looking for more innovation in this space as, a, as an example, yeah. Do you, so it, it sounds like there's a whole host of different things. And what I'm getting the sense of here is you want to have all of these, as you mentioned, kind of building blocks, whether it be identity, bridging, DeFi, the social layers that, that are going to connect people together, gaming, doing a similar thing and, and everything around all that. One, one thing I'm kind of interested in because bridging has been a much discussed topic for a lot of different reasons, mostly of late uh, negative. Um, I think one of the things we, we were talking in a previous episode on the podcast that actually Binance is the central exchange is probably one of the, the best bridges that, that, that we've actually just seen for, for people to use to, to, to pop money into. Um, and, you know, I, I'm kind of curious because it feels like one of the things that has just been missing in DeFi is a seamless experience of bridging from in the wallet uh, in, in particular and not having to necessarily, as much as I love things like multi-chain and seller, like you mentioned, um, being able to have that in. I, I'm curious, it, does, does BNB Chain have like any plans or any focus on the wallet side? I know you didn't mention anything there in your list, but having uh, kind of a, 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 a let's say, a Coinbase wallet, MetaMask wallet type competitor um, that that can be a bit more DeFi and BNB chain centric. Do you think that's something you would ever explore? Yeah, that's a great, great point, Matt. Actually, wallets is definitely important and for a few reasons, right? They are really one of the first points of contact literally a person has with the Web3 world, right? You literally need a wallet to access the Web3 world. So one yeah, one product that Binance has actually is Trust Wallet. So Trust Wallet is actually very well used already. So we do... Um, uh, partner and work with Trust Wallet. We do introduce Trust Wallet if it makes sense to projects as well. But others, we also work with a lot of others. You know, we're, I, um, we're looking at a few potentially to work more deeply with. But one example I can give you is that, and this is, it crosses a few topics um, because we also work with Opera and Brave uh-huh. as an example. So Opera um, is, you know, as we know, is one of the largest Web2 browsers, right? With 350 million users. So they have a crypto wallet across the different uh, browsers because browsers, because they also have a gaming browser as an example, right? So we mm-hmm. integrated BNB Chain, uh, they integrated BNB Chain uh, several months ago. And, you know, we think that this is interesting because, you know, the Web2 users of Opera most of them would be super new to Web3, 
right? Yeah. And Opera then is doing, believes in the future of Web3 and that's why they're doing all this. So they are doing their, their own, you know, they're executing their own strategy on building, you know, bringing more dApps, bringing more integrations, bringing the Web3 world to their Web2 users, right? So that's why we're working with someone like, like Opera. So yeah, so that's from the a bit from the wallet side. That's of course browser slash wallet side, and we are yeah. talking to also a few more wallets, you know, with slightly different focus, right? So for example, you know, wallets that are a bit more focused on NFTs, you know, and stuff like that. So there is a emphasis for sure, um, and also what's important is that wallets these days are so user unfriendly, right? For retail yeah. user, right? So, so that's definitely important. We want uh, definitely more user friendly wallets. You know, wallets that don't have to confuse you with, with which chain do you want today, right? If right. if yeah, if you log into, if you go to a website, it it asks you to connect your wallet. We want it to be smart to automatically connect you to the right wallet, uh, right chain, as an example, correct? So, I think there's a lot of innovation that still needs to happen. Also, another thing in wallets that's missing is security, right? I mean, not missing in general, but I would like to see more innovation there because right now, as you've seen with a few stuff, like for example, the OpenSea thing, you know, approving all transactions and stuff like that, right? Some people lost stuff, right? So we want to see, you know, like I think a lot of the security layer can be solved with wallets. So we want to see more wallets think about how can they really protect the user even more. So I'm not saying that the all the responsibility is on wallets because there also needs to be user education and you, you can't point all you kind of can't put all the owners on one party right um, but yeah ultimately is I want to challenge the builders entrepreneurs of say as an example wallets out there to to yeah just really think about not the web3 native users who knows how to manage our private keys or sometimes not <laughs> <They're obviously. laughs> But also of the, yeah, the Web2 user right now who will be a bit confused, you know? I mean, sometimes I look at stuff and I'm like, wait, what, where am I, where am I supposed to press, right? And I'm internet oh, yeah. native and Web2 native, right? So, yeah. Yeah, the user experience side of things is, I mean, it's, I'll, I'll admit it's getting better. But uh, something you touched on there, right, about, you know, switching between chains, stuff like that, it, it, I mean, it confuses even Web3 natives a, a lot of the time. And it's not the most intuitive thing. What, one of the kind of final questions I guess I'd love us to dig into, because we talked a lot about the the investment approach that you're taking here at BNB Chain, the areas and uh, of focus that you see value for growing in the ecosystem. But, you know, the, there's this other piece around all of these other chains. And I know BNB Chain is like an EVM compatible chain and uh, you've you've kind of built it in a way that it it connects to the likes of Ethereum and co. But how do you see BNB Chain kind of competing in what seems like this growing uh, layer one blockchain battle that that's playing out? And, you know, I think with the current narrative around the, the ETH merge, everyone's obviously talking a lot about Ethereum right now. And I think once we get through the merge, there's probably going to be the narrative shift back towards all of the other kind of growing layer one spaces with the likes of Solana gaining a huge market share. It sounds like BNB changing a similar thing. How, how, where is it that you would say BNB chain kind of has its unique advantage over others? And why, why would users and builders care about building on and utilizing BNB chain over other major L1s? 
Yeah, great question. So I think first I will talk about the point that we are still super early in Web3, right? Again, estimates are like, what, 300,000 people, right, in the world or something like that in Web3. So we're still super early. So the way I look at it is that I don't want to focus on short-term, short-term, right? I always look very long-term. That's For me, that's been my entire life in terms of tech and and really how it changes society. So when a pie grows, everyone grows. That's one point I really, really want to make. Second point is that when you look at technologies and how they evolve, um, you definitely need some, I guess, friendly competition, so to speak, right? You help make one another better. So that's always, always good. Third, to really answer your question, Matt, is that how we see ourselves as um, how, how we think, you know, what we think our strengths are is the fact that, you know, in, in the two years that we've been around, we have not gone down, right? Zero, yeah. zero downtime at our highs of 2.27 million daily active wallets um, and 16 million transactions on a one day. We, we slowed but never went down. So we think that our tech robustness has been really uh, very strong. And as I mentioned earlier, we are continuing to improve that. So I think that's that the reliability has been one of our strengths. And that um, t- you know, um, answers the question a little bit more about the technology and product side of things. The second part is that, as we know in, in Web3, community is very, very important because the whole point about Web3 is that you are changing the tokenomics, right? You are now able to share with your fans and have your fans and your community share in the growth of the product and the ecosystem as well. So I think that's very important. So on a BNB chain, we already have one of the largest Web3 communities by in terms of users, but also by number of dApps, right? So we're by no means the largest because, you know, I love Ethereum, for example, right? Um, OG, you know, and they do really, really well. I'm very excited for the merch myself. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of good things right there. And ultimately, when we, when we bring back to, to BNB chain, we're just heads down focused on what we're good at. And what uh, I think we're very focused on what more we need to, what, what, what more we need to do as a core team to really usher in, again, okay, 1 billion users. So... For us, you know, it's great that everyone is doing different things. You know, everyone is doing even more things because we are inspired by what our competitors, you know, the com- the different chains are doing as well. You know, for us, again, it's always friendly competition is amazing because, yeah, you know, you you work on yourself, but you 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 know you learn from others, and that's always amazing. Yeah, well, the the ambition for kind of getting to, to 1 billion Web3 users across the ecosystem is definitely something that I'm I'm looking forward to. It seems like uh, what what you're all doing over at BNB Chain and Binance as a whole is certainly contributing positive to, uh, positively to the ecosystem. I, I'm going to be following what you're all doing really great, uh, really closely. Thank you so much, Gwen, for coming on the podcast. Been really interested to talk about what you're thinking about and how kind of the, the recent market conditions have shifted and changed things. We'll be sure to share out some links to um, a lot of interesting information around BNB chain with the show notes of the podcast. But thanks again, Gwen, and really interesting talking to you today. Thank you so much, Matt.
Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and want to show your appreciation, why not subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a positive review. You want to catch up on all of the previous episodes? Why not visit decryptingcrypto.xyz, follow us on Twitter at decryptopodcast, and if you'd like to be a guest on the show or just want to leave us some personal feedback, email us at podcast at decryptingcrypto.xyz. The contents of the Decrypting Crypto podcast should not be used and are not intended as investment advice. Please do your own due diligence before making any investment, cryptocurrency or otherwise.